Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Today we are going to look at four mini parables, the parable of the lamp, the parable of the measure, the parable of the planter, and the parable of the mustard seed. And we will learn from these stories Jesus told important lessons for our personal lives. So would you take out a Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter four, and let's learn life transforming truths from these four little parables. Let's pray first. Father, as we now study these ancient words of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and be our teacher and Lord, transform our lives through what you would say to us in this hour. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 4, Beginning at verse 22, the first is the parable of the lamp. Mark chapter 4, verse 21. And Jesus was saying to them, A lamp is not brought in to be put under a peck measure, is it? Or under a bed? Is it not brought to be put on the lampstand? Now the question is, what does that mean? <laughs> well, here's the first lesson for today. Trust God's timing to bring things to light. All right, who is the light in this parable? Well, Jesus is the light of the world. But who he is at this point in Mark 4 is hidden. The, the crowds don't know that Jesus is God. Even the disciples don't understand Jesus is God until after the resurrection. And Thomas says to Jesus, my Lord and my God. That's when the light went on. But right now at this point in history, who Jesus is, is hidden. So the, again, the parable's meaning is, in God's timing, trust that things will become clear. And a, a secondary thing that I think is going on earlier in this chapter, Jesus said to the disciples, I teach people in parables so they won't understand what I'm saying. And later, disciples, I'll explain the parables to you privately. Well, here he's adding to that, I think basically saying, but after I'm raised from the dead and you disciples go out to preach the gospel, then you will explain to people what all the parables mean. In other words, things become clear in God's timing. I'll give an example. Many years ago, I went off to college. I majored in filmmaking. And for a year and a half, I hated it. It's very technical. <laughs> and I start praying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And for two years, I sought the Lord, and it was kind of a difficult time, but finally I got a clear word from the Lord, you're to be a preacher. So the, the point is, pray and trust God in his time to show you what to do. I thought of my old secretary, Lisa, wonderful Christian woman. She's 39 years old, never married. She really wanted to be married, and she also really wanted to have a baby. And she could have done what a lot of Christian women do, uh, jump the gun and marry an unbeliever and then have that kind of a marriage. But Lisa wouldn't do that. And you know what? When she was 39, 
The Lord provided her with a Christian husband. They have a great marriage. They have a little boy now. So listen, trust God to do things in his timing. It's worth it to wait on the Lord. Look at verse 23. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. All right, here's the next lesson. Careful what you hear. Did you grow up singing this in Sunday school? Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. <laughs> you know, I'll make a confession here. This, these TV shows like Extra, Extra, and Entertainment Tonight, and uh, I think they're interesting. They're dumb, they're trivial, but I find them kind of interesting. But you know what I think the Lord is saying to me? Tom, you need to be very careful with this gossip TV stuff because what you hear will, will make its way into your heart. I mean, do I really need to know that Britney Spears had a double hamburger at McDonald's for lunch? <laughs> you know, and what I want to encourage me to do and you to do, be careful what you hear because it even unconsciously affects you. I had to turn something off a while ago. Here was one of these liberal TV talk shows, and the, the theme was transgender teenagers. They had boys on stage who thought they were girls, and they had girls on stage who thought they were boys. Some of them were considering sex change surgery, and the talk show hosts thought this was wonderful so that these people can be who they really are. No, that's a lie. If you were born anatomically a boy, you're a boy, even if you think you're a girl. And the way, you know, you, we, gotta, we gotta be careful what we listen to. L uh, spend time listening to scripture, to Christian friends, to Christian TV, because what you listen to will get to you. Satan is an expert at taking something ugly and dysfunctional and making it look beautiful. I've shared this before. <laughs> Here was a farm boy who had a very strange hobby. He could take cow manure and make a sculpture out of it, bake it in the sun, paint it, and make it look like a sculpture. And one day he did that. He took cow manure, made it into an apple, baked it in the sun, painted it red, and it looked just like an apple. But don't bite into that apple. And that's what Satan does. He takes something sinful or ugly or dysfunctional. He makes it look really good, but don't bite into it. So my point is be careful what you spend your time listening to. Let's look at the next parable. That was the parable of the lamp. Now the parable of the measure, verse 24. Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it shall be measured to you, and more shall be given besides. Next lesson, what you give is what you get back. If you give yourself to People Magazine, Entertainment Tonight, Extra Extra, soap operas, uh, romance novels, whatever. If you give yourself all, to all this, you're going to get back their kind of thinking. I, I will tell you, my mom has been dead a number of years now. But when she was older, she watched lots of TV and read a lot of romance novels. And I'd go home to visit mom, and this conservative Missouri Synod Lutheran German woman was believing things that she never used to believe in. And I have to, we'd have to have talks. And 
Where was she getting this? Oprah, The View, and lots of romance novels. She also watched Montel, who used to have this psychic Sylvia, and I'd say, Mom, read your Bible. <laughs> so be careful what you give yourself to. You'll get back its kind of thinking. So again, I want to urge you, I want to urge me, let's turn off the TV. Let's give ourselves to prayer, Bible reading, Christian fellowship, some kind of Christian service and volunteerism that you do for the sake of the Lord. Give yourself, you know, watch Christian TV, listen to Christian radio, but what you give yourself to, you get back. Look at verse 25. For whoever has, to him shall more be given, and whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. There's an old Billie Holiday song that you might know. Them that's got shall get, them that ain't shall lose. So the Bible says, and it still is news. That's from this verse. <laughs> Here's the next lesson. The importance of being saved. This verse is teaching, if you have Jesus, one day you get everything. If you don't have Jesus, even what little you have will be taken away. I thought of Ted Turner, millionaire who despises Christianity. I thought of Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, who's an agnostic. And if you don't have Jesus, even what you have will someday be taken away. There's a t-shirt that reads, he who dies with the most toys still dies. And this verse is the, talking about how important it is that you know Jesus and that you're saved. I've, I've shared this before, but years ago, uh, an elderly man of our church who ran the sound system comes up, Pastor Tom, how long is eternity? I said, why, Vic, eternity is forever. And he said this, eternity is this huge mountain made out of the hardest substance on earth, solid diamond mountain. Once every hundred years, a little bird flies by, rubs its beak once on the top of the mountain and flies away. Hundred years later, the bird comes back, rubs its beak once on the top of the mountain, flies away. Hundred years later, the bird comes back, rubs its beak once. And when that huge diamond mountain has been worn down all the way to nothing. The first day of eternity has passed. Have you ever thought of this? When you die, your soul will go to heaven for eternity or hell for all eternity. Do you know how important it is that you know Jesus, you know the forgiveness of your sins and where you're going to be spending eternity? Next is the parable of the planter, verse 26. And Jesus was saying, The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up by day, and the seed sprouts up and grows. How? He himself does not know. Here's the next lesson. Sow the seed and leave things to the power of God. I like the definition of witnessing from Campus Crusade for Christ, quote, 
Successful witnessing is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. <laughs> so everybody, talk to people about Jesus, show, throw that seed out there, and you, by the way you live, by the words, tell people about Jesus, but then in his time, let him do the work of making it come true in their lives. I mean, it's amazing what one sentence might do. I'll tell you what I thought of. <laughs> one of my earliest memories, I was about five years old, and I couldn't go to sleep. So I went into the living room, and Mom and Dad were watching TV, and I'm crying, oh, Mom and Dad, I can't get to sleep. And I can remember saying this, I'm thinking about Bugs Bunny and cartoon characters and stuff, but I can't get to sleep. And my mom said, Tommy, just think about Jesus, and you'll go to sleep. Well, I was five years old. The only thing I knew about Jesus were two songs from Sunday school. Jesus loves me, this I know, and Jesus loves the little children. At age five, I sang those two songs over and over in my head till I went to sleep. I did that for the next seven years of my life until I got into junior high. That did something to me. <laughs> Listen, it's your job, it's my job to tell people about Jesus, but then we wait on the Lord and see what he does with it. And some of it you won't ever know. I don't think my, actually I did tell my mom about that <laughs> as an adult. Look at verse 29. But when the crop permits, he, the farmer, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Here's the next lesson. The harvest is coming. That's a reference to Judgment Day. You know the problem with People Magazine, Entertainment Tonight, Extra Extra? The, one pastor calls these things eternity-denying entertainment, meaning you know, watching these things, reading these, you'd never dream there's a judgment day coming. It's just kind of fluff, and let's not think about judgment day. Listen, our job, Christian, is to remind ourselves and our culture, judgment day is coming. I like this verse from Acts chapter 24. And as the Apostle Paul reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix, the Roman official, was alarmed and said, go away for the present. <laughs> and our job is to be the Apostle Paul, and whether people like it or not, we are to gently, lovingly tell people the harvest is coming, judgment is coming. I was asked to speak at a pro-life worship service, probably the, maybe one of the biggest crowds I've ever preached in front of at the big St. Paul Cathedral in downtown uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Tons of Catholics, Lutherans, Baptists, all kinds of Christians there for this big pro-life worship service. And here's the point I made. The Supreme Court says that abortion is okay. One day, the Supreme Supreme Court will say differently. And that was my way of trying to remind people, Judgment Day is coming. Years ago, I was sightseeing in downtown Chicago. And I'm walking this, the sidewalk, and there's tons of people walking the sidewalk. And I start to get depressed. And I'm just thinking, do these people think about God much? Well, you know, is, is God a, a part of these people's life? I come around the corner, and here's a man on the street corner with a little megaphone. 
preaching about Judgment Day. And I, I stopped to listen. I listened to it. It was great. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't a kook. He wasn't screaming. He was just lovingly, you know, there's a heaven, there's a hell. Jesus is going to come back. Are you ready to meet your maker? It was wonderful. That's our job, Christian, is whether people like it or not, want to hear it or not, that we need to share the harvest is coming. I, uh, there was an evangelist that came to preach at the church I served many years ago. And he says to the whole congregation, you know, I got on the airplane and was sitting next to an atheist. So I started sharing the gospel with him. And after a while, the atheist said, well, thank you, um, but I don't believe in heaven and hell. And the evangelist said to him, so? Well, you know, if that's your religion, that works for you, fine, doesn't work for me, it's not my truth. And the evangelist said, so? Well, you know, you've, you've got your religion, I've got what I believe in, but, you know, I don't believe what you believe. And the evangelist said, so? <laughs> and his point was, just because you don't believe it doesn't make it go away. And our job, Christian, is, again, to lovingly, humbly, humbly tell people, there's a heaven and a hell coming. There's a judgment day coming. And that's why Felix sent Paul out the door. He didn't want to hear it. Last parable is the parable of the mustard seed. Verse 30 from Mark chapter 4. And Jesus said, How then shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed when which sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. That's called the parable of the mustard seed. What's different about that one? Jesus never explained the meaning of the parable of the mustard seed, so we're kind of left to guess what does that mean? And here's pretty much what all of the commentators that I read said it means. The tiny church will become huge. In other words, think of it. When Jesus said those words, there were 13 people in the church, the 12 disciples and him. And he's saying, yes, but disciples, one day you're going to go out and the little tiny Christian church is going to become huge. And you know, the, the parable came true. You know the single largest religion in the world? It's Christianity. Islam is number two, but number one as far as population, number of believers, Christian, the Christian church is the largest single religion on the planet. Finally, let's look at verse 33. And with many such parables, Jesus was speaking the word to them as they were able to hear it. And he did not speak to them without a parable, but he was explaining everything privately to his own disciples. And that's my last lesson for today. Thank God you have the Bible. I mean, you and I know the meaning of the parables because the disciples wrote them down. The crowd didn't know what they meant at the time, but now we have the Bible. Thank God you have a Bible. Praise the Lord for that. I remember way back in 1991, the Iron Curtain had fallen. And a, a number of Lutheran pastors and I were invited into a public high school in Moscow. And we were able to hand out Bibles in the public school of Moscow. And I remember handing them out to this line of teenagers. 
And after they were gone, the teacher comes up and she says, can I have one? And I handed her a Bible and you should have seen the look on her face. For 70 years, they tried to quell the Bible in Russia, but finally she had her own copy. Listen, read your Bible. Do you know how privileged you are to have your own Bible? It explains the parables. Do you know how privileged you are to read? A lot of people on this planet still can't read, but you can read. You've got your own Bible. Read it regularly. And I'll, I'll close with this. I had a sister who uh, has gone to be with the Lord, but she was six years older than me. And when I was a little boy, I'd walk into Ruthann's bedroom, and she would have her white confirmation Bible on her lap and reading her Bible every night. When I turned 12, I got my confirmation Bible, and I don't remember anybody telling me to read it, but because Ruthann read her Bible, I started reading my Bible every night. I still read my Bible every day. And if this is the one main thing I can leave with you, take your Bible out. Don't put it on the shelf. Put it next to your bed. Put it on your coffee table. Read your Bible every day so that you won't be duped by the rest of the world and by entertainment television shows. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible and our everyday walk with the Lord. Pastor Brock, what exactly does the word parable mean or come from? Mm -hmm. The word parable is an English word that's derived from the Greek word. The New Testament was written in Greek, parabole, literally to lay alongside. So a parable is a laying alongside. And what Jesus would do is he'd tell a parable, a story, and then later privately to the disciples, he would lay alongside what it meant. So that's where parable comes from. Well, did Jesus tell parables to make things easier to understand? Well, yes and no. I mean, people say, well, the reason Jesus told stories and parables was so people could understand things easily. Well, actually, the Bible kind of teaches the opposite. Now, Jackie, you got to understand, Jesus kind of hid his Messiahship for a while because the Jews were expecting a Messiah to come and destroy the Romans. So the, really, the real Messiah came to die on the cross for our sins. So he kind of hid who he was until after his death and resurrection. And so the parables were privately explained to the apostles, who then eventually would explain them to the world through the scriptures. But initially, the parables hid who Jesus was rather than exposed who Jesus was. You know, when you stop and think of all the things that Jesus did that we're, we're so fortunate to have our Bibles oh, to study yes. what he did Indeed. for us. Indeed. I mean, yep. we have never Four understood. different versions of one life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, yep. where we are highly privileged. Yep. yep. Did the people of Jesus' day understand that he was God? No. I mean, even though he did miracles, even though he forgave sins, even though he did the kinds of things only God can do, the disciples didn't get it until after the resurrection and that's when Thomas said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. So even though Jesus is eternally God, became human for 33 years, and, and then ascended into heaven, while he was on earth, the disciples didn't get it until after he rose from the dead. So 
but they still followed him. They did, and they, they believed he was the Messiah, but that he was fully God and fully man, that they didn't get till later. Okay, yeah. so people, it did take a long time for people to get to that conception. To, to understand it, okay. that's right, yeah. Where can a person get Christian tracts? You talk about handing out tracts yes. today and yes. that. And people, I've gotten people writing in on this. Pastor Brock, what are some good tracks? And so let me show you some. Probably the most popular track in world history is this little one called the Four Spiritual Laws. I think the largest mission group in the world is Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew. This is what they use to evangelize people on campuses around the world. It's called the Four Spiritual Laws. I give this to people at funerals and, and I give it to waitresses maybe or people next to me on the plane. It's a simple gospel uh, presentation. Another good one is by Billy Graham, Steps to Peace with God or Jackie, Here's a little cartoon booklet for kids on how to be saved. And when the trick-or-treaters come, yeah, I'll drop in a Butterfinger, but I'll also drop in a gospel track. You go to the Christian bookstore, they've got tons of tracks for all kinds of needs and beliefs and, and topics. Just, I, I keep these in the car, I keep them in my house, and I, I give them away to people. I was going to ask you, that was my last question for you about the tracks, and that is where are you purchasing all yeah, of these? Yeah, good, good question. And you get them, everybody, at Christian bookstores, or you can go to the internet and Google the words good news tracks, and you'll see a bunch of Christian tracks that you can order, and they'll send them to your house. Yeah. Okay. Pastor Brock, what will happen before Judgment Day exactly? All right, we talked about Judgment Day coming, and well, Jesus said before he returns, there will be false prophets who will arise, claiming, claiming to be Christ, like the Reverend Sung Myung Moon, perhaps, and, and other false prophets. Jesus said the gospel will be preached to all the world, and so all the nations will hear the gospel before Christ returns. And Jesus said the, an the Antichrist comes as well. So those are some of the things that happen before the second coming. Thanks for joining us on the Pastor Study. We pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next and week. And because we have just a little more time, everybody, if somebody you know needs to see this program, go to pastorstudy.org. All of our TV shows are there for free to view, pastorstudy.org. And just thank you, like Jackie said, uh, next week we'll be talking on a different topic, but God bless you. Pray for us. Bye. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.